0: Good morning, and welcome to Overreaders Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from Maryland, and today's date is Wednesday, June 17th. Today, we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, Working with Others, on page 90, on the third paragraph that starts, Sometimes It Is Wise. Today's readers are, and thank you, Marie, uh, Janice M., Ellen B., Sharon R.S., Rachel W., Julie R., and Rebecca, thank you for your service and your reading. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, June 16th, is 7732. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. Our sole purpose. OA fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that the people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Janice M to please read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Go ahead, Janice.
1: Well, thank you, Amy G., and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Past. Thank you, Janice M. I will now
0: ask Ellen B. to read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Go ahead, Ellen.
2: Uh, Hi, my name is Ellen B., Compulsive Overeater in Maryland. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank
0: you, Ellen B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. These meetings request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others on page 90 on the third paragraph, starting with Sometimes It Is Wise, and I will ask Sharon RS to get us started. Go ahead, Sharon.
3: Good morning, Amy, and good morning to uh, fellow visionaries on the line, this is Sharon R. S. Sometimes it is wise to wait till we till he goes on a binge. The family may object to this, but unless he's in a dangerous physical condition, it is better to risk it. Don't deal with him when he is very drunk, unless he is ugly and the family needs your help. Wait, for the end of the spree, or at least for a lucid interval. Then let his family or a uh, friend ask him if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to any extreme to do so. If he says yes, then his attention should be drawn to you as a person who has recovered. You should be described to him as one of a fellowship who, as part of your own recovery, try to help others and who will be glad to talk to him if he cares to see you. So there's a couple of things that I'd like to point out. Uh, First of all, if you look at this paragraph, it is working with this uh, person who is still suffering there's there's uh, there's some wisdom that's being used. The 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 uh, he doesn't advise just jumping in and going for it. He had, he's he's describing uh, stepping back and watching, being very watchful, looking for opportunities, and not just uh, making assumptions and not just having a pat script that is worked from, but but being thoughtful about how you approach the still suffering. It also indicates, based on the fact that he's saying, ask a friend or a family member, talk it over with this person or that person, have someone else do this and then you do that. It says that it's a joint venture. It's not something that we go at alone when we are dealing with newcomers. We're all in this together. We work on it together. as It's a team effort getting someone um, uh, to overcome compulsive overeating. And uh, just focusing on that last sentence, you should be described to him as one of a fellowship who, as part of their own recovery, try to help others and who will be glad to talk to him if he cares to uh, cares to see you. And that um, on XXVI, Roman numeral 26 in the doctor's opinion, Though we work out our solution on the spiritual as well as an altruistic plane, we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery or defogged. And so, and so, it is this altruistic plane. I just want to ha- make a pitch for doing service and and helping because sometimes uh, in our program. Uh, we're, said, we're told that, that um, really you, you can't um, help until after a certain point. You just look after yourself. I know that there's some meetings that are suffering because there's people not willing to do service because they, they uh, are waiting until uh, they have a certain level of recovery before they uh, do service. But we can't hold together unless we have people digging in, helping one another. On page 109 of the, of the 12 and 12 and step 12, even the newest of newcomers finds undreamed rewards as he tries to help his brother alcoholic, the one who is even blinder than he. This is indeed the kind of giving that actually demands nothing. He does not expect his brother sufferer to pay him Or even to love him and he then discovers by the divine paradox of this kind of giving he has found his own reward uh, whether his brother has yet received anything or not and his own character that means the, the, the one who's reaching out regardless of where we are when we reach out to help someone else who's in in our program of recovery or in in any part of life, but um, we do need to be helping each other. His own character may still be gravely defective, but he somehow knows that God has enabled him to make a mighty beginning, and he senses that he stands on the edge of new mysteries, joys, and experiences of which he had never even dreamed. And that's what we get when we reach out, and we can start reaching out from any point we are, uh, calling the newcomer. If you've got five days, call someone who's just beginning and and um, reach out to them. But we get rewards when we do that. But we do it just expecting nothing in return. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon RS. Would anyone else like to share on what was read in this paragraph, please?
2: Kim G. Larry mm-hmm. Mary B.
0: Okay, I've got Kim G, Larry Sharon H. B, Mary B, Sharon, Vasa. Sharon A, Vasa, H. O, or H. <clears throat> is it Larry K, right? Is that the last letter? Larry, what's the last letter of your name?
4: Yes, yes, thank you.
5: It, it is K. Oh, okay, good.
0: All right, well, we'll start with that. We'll go Kim G, Larry K, Mary B, Sharon A, and VASA H. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Ben let his friend, family, or a friend ask him if he wants to cope for good and if he would go to any extreme to do so. and My ears really perk up with that word if because that's a condition. So These are questions that we're asking the people um, that are we're going to work with. But so also, to as a sponsee, ask yourself this question. You know, if he wants to quit for good. And I have to tell you, the person that gave me a great gift was somebody who confronted my, my old idea, my prejudices, of, well, alcoholics just have to not drink. I, as a compulsive overeater, have to eat. You know, the saying in my area was, I have to take mm-hmm. the tiger out of the cage three times a day. And someone told me, that's not true. Alcoholics drink. They do not drink alcohol. I, as a compulsive overeater, eat. I do not eat my binge foods. And I was like, oh. Now, in a we have to do a little bit more investigation to find out what our alcoholic foods are. But when I connected the fact that I am just like the alcoholics, that alcoholics drink orange juice and soda and water. In fact, if they didn't drink at all, they would die faster than me, who would not eat at all, because we need liquids more than we need solids. So that. Blew that at idea. So I had to ask myself if I was going to put these foods down that I've identified for good. And that's what I ask my, the girls I work with. If they're willing to put it down for good. Not if they're willing to put it down until they lose weight. Maybe till they fit into that bridesmaid outfit. Maybe till they get their doctor or their husband off their back. But are you willing to quit for good? That's a good question to ask yourself. And then any extreme to do so, that's such a common saying in 12-step programs, I don't think anyone would say no. But one of the things I talk to my sponsees about is get quiet with God. Ask God into how you can most effectively carry that message. And then you need to be real clear with the people you're going to work with on what you're going to require. From something as simple as, are you a morning person, an afternoon person, or an evening person? Because when are you going to talk to these people? Because your job is going to be to be 100% available to that person. How many times a week do you want to talk to that person? You know, how are you going to handle the food? You know, how are you going to handle tools? What are you going to require for the sponsee to work with you? And then you need to be clear with that person so they can make a decision. Not that they're just going to say, I'll do anything, but are you willing to do A, B, C, and D? And
5: then you as someone who's going
0: to be working with someone, a sponsee, are you willing to do those things that someone's asking of you?
6: And I'll just end with this, when you, someone who gets diagnosed with with cancer,
0: and they're told they have these requirements of radiation and chemo and all these different things, they will rearrange their life because they know their life depends on it. That is the urgency that we need to go forth when we are going through this program. Are you willing to rearrange your life for a period of time in order for you to be free from this disease of compulsive overeating? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Larry Kay, go ahead
4: please. Uh th- thanks so much for your service, Larry Kay, uh recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So I'm gonna I'm gonna focus in on, on also uh the same thing that Kim did, which um, you know, it's it's you know, if he wants to quit for good and if he would go to, to any extreme to do so. And um why is that so important? Um you know, I, I was asked that at times, you know, during the first uh, few years uh, that I came into program and my answer was, you know, was the affirmative. Yeah, of course. I mean, no doubt I I wanted to uh, to go to any lengths, you know, and that I was willing to do anything. Um, but words are cheap. You know, my words were cheap. Um It was my actions that spoke and uh, I was not um, willing to go to any lengths. Um, It felt in my mind that I was, but my actions told another story. And, you know, the one thing that that resonates with, with me and maybe it will with you too, is that true commitment cannot be counterfeited. True commitment cannot be counterfeited her commitment is, is, is born of our actions. As we think, so shall we be. You know, and as long as my thinking continued to center on self, I'm getting what um, I needed to get, my motives would direct me, you know, to that behavior. And uh, it was only when, you know, that commitment was deep enough that the pain of this disease, the, you know, the noose around my mm-hmm. neck began to tighten mm-hmm. and uh, that level of desperation was you know, beyond anything that I could handle anymore, that I was truly committed. I was no longer looking to counterfeit my commitment. I would have said anything to you um, because I thought that you could save me from this disease. What I learned, and, and the big book had been telling me You can't save me from this disease. You may may be able to share your experience, but this this is between me and my higher power. And for me, and based on my experience, God pulled me from the quicksand. It was the steps that enabled me to align my will with that of my higher powers. And that is what saved me from this disease and uh, the other symptoms that this disease was, uh, was showing in my life. So thank God for these steps. That's what will save you. That's based on my experience, With that'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. Mary B., please go ahead.
7: Yes, thank you, Amy. Uh, thank you for your service. This is Mary B. Recovered in Central California. And I would, um, let's see, sometimes it is wise to wait. I've had an experience that I think is a wonderful illustration of so much of what we're talking about here and working with others, and I'd like to share it. Uh, For 42 years, or over 40 years anyway, I lived next door to this wonderful woman who had a slight weight problem, you know, she'd put on a few pounds and take them off, and I never never felt it necessary to talk to her about the program. And a few years ago, I was traveling out of state, and I got a phone call that her 32-year-old daughter had passed away suddenly. And it was about a month later or more before I got home. And when I got home and saw her, she had just blown up, gained a lot of weight. And of course, I knew what she was doing, and I knew why it was her way of handling this unbearable pain. And my husband would say to me, Mary, talk to Polly. Go talk to her. You can help her. She looks terrible. And I just knew she had no experience with the 12-step program at all. And I knew that I had to leave her alone. And I did. And we were going to senior yoga together. And um, I don't know how long it was, maybe a couple months, three months later, we were in that yoga class and she was sitting on the floor and she looked up at me and she said, I have to do something about this weight. And I, that was it. And um, I decided to take her to a meeting. After she wanted to go, she did. And uh, I almost blew the whole thing by deciding that I knew exactly what kind of meeting she needed to go to. And I had a lot of choices in the San Fernando Valley. And I took her to a women's stag meeting with a lot of very nice ladies, very good meeting, good, strong meeting. And uh, she agreed to go to another meeting with me, and I decided that um, taking her to our big Sunday morning meeting in Encino, um, where there were 50 to 100 members, would not be a good idea, because there were a lot of men in that meeting, and the men were wonderful, and they were humorous, but they were not very careful with their language. And I was so sure that would turn her off. But anyway, we went to that meeting, and needless to say, she took to the program like a starving <laughs> human being, which she was. She was starving for what we had to offer. And she, it is five years later, She's thin. she's on maintenance, she gives so much service. She loves us, we love her. And um, everything that I thought was wrong, except for the timing, when I waited, when I knew it was not a good time, not to take her food away from her when she was suffering the way she was until she settled down and uh and was ready when she said I have to do something. So anyway, I, I just thought that story was a, a good illustration of so much of what we've talked about. And um I believe it was my higher power that uh gave me that instinct, the instinct to uh, to wait, to wait for her. Anyway, that's it. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Mary. Sharon H., please go ahead.
5: Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. Uh, can you hear me?
0: I
8: can hear you. Okay, thanks. This is Sharon H, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. By God's grace and mercy, very grateful to be here today and listening on the line. and And uh, this book gives us such wonderful instructions on how to help others. And um, when I uh, came into this program, uh, it was in July of 2012. They were in the doctor's opinion and. What a difference that made in my life. I shall never forget it because I had struggled in this program for many, many, many years. I could get abstinent, but I couldn't stay abstinent. So my sponsor told me in the beginning um, to start doing service. She told me to call the people out on the line that were the newcomers, and uh, she also told me to start giving service by, um, you know, calling Leah and saying I'd be willing to read the 12 steps of the 12 traditions, which we can do even if we are not recovered yet. And it just brought back so strongly to me the things I did early on in that, another 12-step program that released me from that bondage of that substance. So I was willing to do those things, and um, I am so grateful for this program that we're on the line and we have that opportunity Um, These newcomers give their numbers out every single day. I don't often listen to the second meeting, but I'm sure there's a lot more that give out their names on that. And that's one of the things I never forgot when I first started listening was that when I gave my name out on that line, I was amazed at the people that called me and encouraged me and shared their experience, strength, and hope with me. And I'll tell you what, I'd been in a group where that was required, three calls a day, you know, and I would make those calls and I'd never hear from anybody. And so I am just so grateful that, uh, like someone else shared, uh, our actions tell another story. I have to be willing to do those things. And that's part of being willing to go to any extreme and it doesn't have to be anything uh, off the charge, spectacular Just being willing to uh, reach out to someone else, that's the beginning of God changing my heart and my mind and renewing it and restoring it to sanity, which was part of my problem. I did not believe to the core of my being that I had a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it came to this particular experience with compulsive overeating. So I'm so grateful today that I do know that and that I can share that with others. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy.
0: Sure. Thank you, Sharon. Vasa, That's That's Vasa go ahead, please.
9: Thank you. Good morning, all of you. And I'm Vasa, Grateful Recovery Compulsive OVIDA, calling from Foxboro, Massachusetts. And thank you, Amy, for your service this morning. After suffering with my food addiction for so many years, I had the gift of desperation and um, I had hit bottom. And after everything that didn't work that I tried over my lifetime, I was ready to find. Again, God brought me to Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, He put a person that brought me to the program, and I was just so ready and ready to, you know, to do whatever, whatever they asked me to do, you know, to find a power greater than myself, because I could not do it by myself anymore. I was just going to die, and uh, I did whatever my sponsor suggested for me to do, you know, and again, for me, it was like the three meals, you know, I mean, for me, I couldn't identify him, like with the alcoholic, he you know, he could put the alcohol down, but with the food, we have to take the tiger out three times. For me, three times. Some people do it more often, you know, and to um, to take the toxic, the the um, allergic foods away from my food plan, the alcoholic things. And I remember saying, oh, my God, this for the rest of my life. And no, she said, we do this only one day at a time. So I took the suggestion and I took the action because I didn't want to die. You know, I wanted to put a lot of time and energy into my recovery. You know, as I said, and then I do the same thing what I what other people did with me. You know, I you know like we've had it's amazing. We've been getting a lot of newcomers at our meetings. So you know, I remember when somebody called me when I was a newcomer. That meant so much to me. So what I do, I take the people's names and I call them. You know, maybe not that same night or same day, but I call them the day after. But I just feel like I want to be an angel, not just in the program. I want to be angel out there in the in the program. I remember going to a clothing store, and you know that store had, you know, all the women were trying clothes. It was like one; it wasn't separate little sections, and it was frugal, thin, and whatever. And I could hear the women talking about themselves. They were disgusted, you know, with their bodies, you know. And I, you know, and God put it in my heart. Said, go and say something to them. Because I used to be afraid. I didn't want to offend people. And then uh, I did say, you know what? I know how, how you feel. I've been there, you know. But I've gone to over whatever. You know, over here anonymous. And I found the help over there. And they said, really? Yeah. And I would give them the place, you know, because they lived in the area. Or, or they could, you know, look it up. So, and I remember going through on an escalator mm-hmm. down, uh, I think it was five lanes or something. And there were two women behind me. And they were just so so disgusted, you know, with their body, their food, that what they were doing. They, they couldn't find any clothes to fit them. And I waited down, you know, on the escalator, and I waited for them to come down. And I planted the message. I planted the seed. And it's not in my control what they do with it, you know. But this is what God wanted to. He put it in my heart and said, say something, Vasa. And they, it's not in my control. It's in God's control. Whatever they're going to do with it, as I said, it's up to them. And I have a friend's daughter suffering with the food so bad right now. And I'm just praying, I'm asking God to put me in her life, to just say something, to give me that courage when it's the right time, not when I want to do it, just to put it in my heart when it's the right time. So this program works. Oh, my God, it saved my life. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. And just a friendly reminder if everyone: could keep an eye on the clock when they share, so they could stay at that three minute three minute mark. That would be greatly appreciated. Okay. Is there anyone else that would like to share on this paragraph? We'll take a few more before we move on to. This Ellen. is Ellen. Bella Kelly.
10: Matt M. Matt M. Melissa C. Monica. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, hold on a sec here. Bella, your last initial, please. G. Okay, Bella G is the only person I got. I heard Monica.
5: Matt
6: right, M. <coughs> Messi. <Momoa,
0: coughs> was it Nessie? Nessa, yes. Oh, sorry.
5: Not M.
9: Uh
0: Ness Ness Nessa. Sorry, two people keep talking at the same time. I've got Bella, Monica and
9: Nessa. Nessa.
0: All right. All right and Melissa. Stick... Okay. And Melissa. All right. We're going to stick with those. Melissa, last initial, please. C. A? C, C as in cat. Okay. Thank you. All right. So we're going to start Bella, Monica, Nessa, then Melissa. And remember to keep it to three minutes, please. Go ahead, Bella.
5: Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Amy, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph. And I want to talk about as a person who has recovered, As a person, yes, when I am coming to a newcomer or to another person, I have to remember and the other person has to know that I am not an angel. I am not a robot. I am not somebody out from this world. Yes, I am as the same as you. I am a person. I am limited. I I have my character, the fact that I have to work on them. And yes, the same as you. I am not better than you. I am not as a teacher that gives you homework. I am not as a doctor that gives you medication. I am a person. But which person? Now I am a person who has recovered. And what is my recovery? That today, thank you, God, I am not connected anymore to my ego. Today, thank you, God, I am connected to God, to a higher power, to a higher power than my power. I am connected to a loving and accepted power. And yes, I am a person. I am a person that I can share share with you my experience, strength, and hope. And this is the freedom that I am not an angel. I am not perfect. I, I am not my goal today is not to be perfect. Today my goal is to stay connected to my higher power. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella. Okay, Monica, I've got you next, and let's all remember to please stay focused and share on the context of the paragraph that we have read. please. Thank you very much.
10: Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in northern Vermont here this morning. Um, Yeah, so here we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others. And what are we being given here? We're being given a lot of suggestions on how to work with others how to sponsor so in this particular paragraph they're telling us you know it's wise it could be wise wait until after somebody goes on a binge don't try to deal with somebody when they're in the middle of a binge because they're not going to hear anything and wait wait for the end of the binge um, and it talks about let his family or friend ask him if he wants to quit for good. Well, I think today for the majority of us, we're, you know, we're finding people in the rooms of OA. And so if someone is saying, you know, they've been on another binge and you can see, you know, the four horsemen have them. That's a good time to talk with them. You know, they're desperate. I know I was desperate when I came into OA. They're desperate. And, you know... As a, and what really attracted me was when I went to a meeting and there were recovered people. And I heard solution being talked about. I heard work the steps. It gave me hope. And, and what I try to give with people, you know, there's hope. Give somebody hope. I know where you are at right now. I've been there, hopeless, depressed, miserable. After decades of trying to do something with this, give them hope, you know. We have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And in our fellowship, this is what we need to show to people, that you can recover, that they see something and they want it, you know. Find somebody who has what you got, what you want. Um, And I think that's important that we give them hope and say, yeah, you know, you don't have to stay where you're at. You want to do something about it? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Okay, we got a way out, and I can help you guide you through that process of working the steps and getting out of that pit that you're in right now. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Nessa, M, please go ahead.
11: Thank you. Uh, my name is Nessa
6: R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, I um I um I often ask uh, sponsors or prospects to tell me about the extremes to which they have gone to um, to further their disease, to get a binge food, you know, to execute a binge or whatever. Um, because I want to drive the point home, what we are willing to do for the disease, and if we truly, truly want to recover, we gotta be willing to go to the same length to um, to recover. I, for myself, I know that um, there were times when I would I would go out of my comfortable um, University dormitory room at two in the morning in the freezing cold to go to a not so good part of town where the closest um, outlet of, of uh, fast food that had my my favorite binge food was just to get it and you know like that's that's a pretty that's a pretty drastic extreme to go to for um, for my disease you know I didn't care about my safety I didn't care about the weather all I was thinking about was was, was getting getting what I needed to get, getting my fix. And so now, you know, I don't wake up at 2 in the morning, you know, desperate to, to work program, but I do wake up at 5.30 in the morning to take care of myself, to do what I need to do before my family responsibilities kick in, et cetera, um, because I need to take care of myself. I need to go to the same length, the extremes that I used to go to for my disease, and, you know, it's a good way to, to drive the point home, um, especially when we have a sponsor approach that says, yes, yes, I'm willing, I'm desperate, I'm willing to do anything, all oh, except for that, all oh, except for that. Um, so, you know, how, how desperate are you truly? When we were desperate for our binge food, we didn't even stop to make any calculations. So why are we making calculations now when our recovery is at stake? Uh, and I, I found that a very, very helpful conversation to have, and with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa. Melissa, go ahead. Melissa C. Hi, good hey. morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, uh, yeah, what strikes me is how um, important our timing is, that um, just because I see somebody who I think
5: is mm-hmm.
0: be recovered, needs to hear the full message, um, you know, I'm not God, and so I can't predict when it's exactly right for a person. I can um, be an example of the message, and, you know, very often people that um, approach me are starting off with a diet, and so they're willing to go to any length to lose weight temporarily, and sometimes um, I have to allow that um, illusion to be shattered on its own, I have to let the disease, um, sadly enough, have its way with that person because if they have what I have, if they're as sick as I am, the diet isn't going to cure them. And so um, coming off of a bit after maybe losing some weight um, and then seeing that the disease is just as strong as it was before they had dropped a little bit of weight, sometimes that's enough of the condenser. and that's when the... Timing is right for to once again um, give them the message. And so I know for myself as a sponsor, I've been patient and and have a lot of humility. I am not stronger than anybody's disease. You know, I'm not their savior. I'm just another fellow um, who has found the solution, and and I share what I do. And when the screws of the disease. Turn them enough, um, then I have faith that they'll be willing to go to any length to be recovered. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, just to make sure, I thought, I think I heard Janice M and maybe Matt in there, but I just wanted to make sure to give them an opportunity before I move on to the next paragraph. Oh, Janice,
12: could I be added to the list?
0: Can I please hear back here from uh, Janice M or Matt? Now
4: we'll I'll wait. I'll wait till the last second hour. Thank you.
0: Okay, great. So we're going to go ahead then with Rachel and please to move on to the next paragraph that starts if he does not want to see you.
12: Before you do that, I ask to be put all the list if, if you may. Charles, is
0: this, H. is this Matt Charles?
12: This is Charles yes, H.
0: Yes, Charles, that's great. Can you share in the next paragraph, please? We're moving on at this point.
13: Hi, Amy. This is Rachel W. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, Rachel. Go
13: ahead, please. Hi. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive overeater, New York. Um, and good morning to everyone here on the line. If he does not want to see you, never force yourself upon him. Neither should the family hysterically plead with him to do anything, nor should they tell him much about you. They should wait for the end of his drinking bout, you might place this book where he can see it in the interval. Here, no specific rule can be given. The family must decide these things, but urge them not to be over anxious for that might spoil matters. You know um, this piece of you know never force yourself upon him you know once again, we're asked to step back and allow the process to happen. you know that we've been we've been you know trained in understanding that um we're not the center of the universe and that there's a whole process that, that happens without us. The letting go, you know, allows other people their process and acknowledges that underneath the course of humanity, there's a whole greater, you know, event happening that, that, that's out of our control, that we really have this illusion that we control it all. So we can't really, you know, I, my, I can't give away my recovery and I can't force it on anybody else and when I when I think about you know my experience in a way, um, 16 years ago, you know when I first was looking for sponsors and throughout, I, I can see a change you know in in, uh, in in the sponsors that I was looking for and also uh, over the years like my sponsees. You know in the beginning I was looking for. Um, I needed everybody else to change that I didn't have to, so I was Mm -hmm. looking for sponsors who could who would just do all the work or just enable me pretty much and let me have my way. And um and if and I would just like manipulate myself in there and and over the course of time, um, I began to sponsor and I I see that the the caliber of my sponsees has greatly increased, you know, in, in quality over the years and I and I see that it speaks to my own experience of having you know, of beginning to really seek out the truth and seek out sponsors who really do keep me on my toes. You know, and so and so I see it now as a as a process, not to be forced, but we look in the rooms for people who have what we want and and we try to seek it. You know, and I also, you know, when it comes to sponsors, um, and I and I only have two. I I, I want to give myself fully, so for me, that's what I do, and and I see in them the reason why I think they gravitate to me and I gravitate to them is because I see them on the same course that I was I was standing in their shoes so it's kind of like you know looking at them from the other side like I imagine the the classic Twilight Zone episodes where you've got that like um, that episode with the fifth dimension you know that wall where you're kind of like searching where's the opening how do I step on the other side and somehow thank God through through other 12, people in the rooms 12 stepping me I did get to the other side in a, a God centered you know reality where I could look at them and say it's a sham <laughs> you're, you're, you're I was and I know because I was there, I was also being fooled. Mm-hmm. But there is a way out, and the one thing that we have in common, really truthfully, is perseverance—that we're not willing to give up. And and um, so I so I just want to say that um, you know, I'm grateful that I read this, and that it, it, it again that it speaks to the idea of of just doing my my work and having that you know just be the just stepping back you know and letting it happen for other people while still being involved, you know, with them. So thank you so much for letting me do the service today of reading, and have a great day, everyone. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Who would like to share now on this paragraph, on what was read? I have Charles in the lineup.
14: I'd like to share.
0: I'm sorry, still trying to catch that name.
14: Betty. Betty, B-E-T-T-E, Betty. Yes,
0: Betty. Got you, Betty. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Did you get Maya?
15: Is it Maya? Maya, C H A Y. hiya P from Denver.
0: Okay, hiya P. Yes.
15: Sarah
0: W. And that's Sarah W. I think that should work. Uh, Charles, did you want in on this paragraph or not?
12: Yeah, if I may. Can you hear me?
0: I'm there. All right, so Charles, we're going to start with Charles. It's and Nadia from Toronto. Navia, I Navia, not I think we'll end there. I'm not sure if we'll have enough time. But everybody stick pretty strong to three minutes. I think we could swing it. So we've got Charles, Betty, Haya, Sarah, and Navia. Go ahead, Charles.
12: Thank you. I'm gonna donate one of my minutes because part of sharing is sharing time. Um so yeah, um, you know what? Like if you don't want to see you, yeah, that's that's okay. And and you know, for me, like I didn't know what I didn't know, right? When I first started sponsoring, I thought I was better than, holier than. I knew something you didn't know, but you know, as as the twelve steps started to seep in to my thoughts, you know, I'm not responsible for anybody's recovery, and I, I don't take no credit if they if they if they flourish. It's God. See, because you know, I'm gonna make this analogy, like you know. I, when I came in the program, I, I needed I needed a charge. I needed some power. Lack of power is my dilemma, right? So, you know, I'm gonna take this analogy like, you know, with my smartphone, when the battery's dead, I need to be I need some electricity, I need some power. I can't see it but when I connect. Excuse me?
0: No, Charles, I was laughing. I was agreeing with you. I was smiling and nodding my head in the background. You you go. You go.
12: <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm mindful of the time because I want to hear these other uh, recoveries. Um, but, yeah, you know, so my battery is, is dead, and I need to connect to that power. And, you know, glory to that power, not me. Right? I'm just a vessel uh, that wants to be used. So if he don't want to see me again, that's fine. If he don't call me again, that's fine. You know? But you know what? I must try to carry this message to somebody. I don't care. I don't do blood tests. And I don't, you know, I know people in program that got checklists with 50 questions, you know, they got to answer. I'm just going to help anybody that come to me. And if they don't call no more, that's the intuitive thought. I'll move on to the next person. With that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to have a voice this morning. Thank you,
0: Charles. Betty. Betty B., please go ahead. Star one, on mute.
2: Hi.
14: Thank you so much for your service, Amy. This is Betty, a compulsive overeater and undereater from central New York. I love this book and these two paragraphs because it reminds me about uh, how to be of service, true service, if I follow God's will. I like the fact that the paragraph starts with an if, which means it's conditional on the fact that my ego is the right size. That I'm willing to be of service and love, and not to direct. God is the director. And um, I was thinking that um, this book gives me a tool belt on how to do life with food and not food governing it. If I'm in the food, then every all bets are off, and I can't be helpful or a uh, source of service and love to anyone. And um, I could also have the uh, uh, if I'm not doing my program, I could have the twisted thinking that enlarges my ego and think that I am I can direct the recovery of someone. And this paragraph tells me I cannot. If the person doesn't want to see me, then I don't force myself on her or him. And so, uh, you know, I know, as people have said uh, yesterday, um, that we don't have as much... Um, communication with the family at least from my experience i haven't but um but i have had uh, experiences with um, food addicts in my own family and i've learned that my giving them advice or trying to tell them how to eat and do life uh, with food in it doesn't work because i'm nobody's god and i'm not the director their higher power is their director and my higher power is mine and I'm so grateful that this book and this meeting um, teaches me those things. And so I'd like to say thank you again to the visionaries on this meeting and to uh, uh, Amy who's leading it. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
15: Thank you, buddy. Hiya P., please go ahead. Hi, this is Hiya P., very grateful, recovered, also a reader in bulimic in Denver, Colorado. So happy that I've been waking up early. <laughs> because it's 5 o'clock in the morning here, actually almost 6. Um, you know, I was really touched by um, some of the things that I heard today. And what it re- what really spoke to me um, is how, and this has been my experience over the years with my own recovery and, and those of, of people that I've worked with, um, is that it really comes from inside. You know, that's, you know, how is it that, you know, what really got me curious today is, you know, how is it that, you know, two people can go to the same meeting and one person can come out with so much hope and feel like, oh, my gosh, like, there's hope. And one person can come out and go, all right, whatever. You know, how is that? You know, how is that? So it can't be the meeting. It can't possibly be the meeting. It has to be where the person's at and and what they're ready to hear and see and um you know I don't know about anyone in here but you know every time I read the big book which has so much information so much knowledge um to share and and of course they even say themselves they only know a little you know so there's even more <laughs> than what what's what's in there um to be found and yet I you know I could read it and and read it another time and it's like a whole different book. How is that? You know, how is that? Because something within me keeps shifting, you know, and um certainly it shifts with the um you know, with 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 greater consciousness, conscious contact with the higher power. But even, you know, but it, that's always there. It's just clouded, right? We talk about that in, in the book that, you know, we're we're blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit. It's there. It's always there. We're just blocked. And um, anyway, so it really touched me here, and this has been my experience with sponsees, you know, it's not, you know, and that's, and someone said something really uh, resonated with me, which was, you know, she waited until they kind of settled down, you know, and um, so they can hear it, you know, that, that, that when the mind is settled a little bit, that's when that opening is is often there. It's certainly not in that racy crazy head and um that I that I can have at times because I'm human. Um so anyway, it was really, really great to hear all that. And it's so humbling to work with other people because it's it has nothing to do with what you're doing. It's just one human being sharing with another human being um and pointing them towards something that they saw and hopefully they'll see it too. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Great. Thank you, Haya. Um, Sorry, Sarah and Navia, we're not going to be able to get to you today, so please jump on the line tomorrow. We do want to hear from you. Okay. Let's wrap things up. Thank you, everyone, who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Would Julie R., would you please read A Vision for You? If you work